Welcome in to Heater Dynasty Podcast. This is our second installment of the Player Series. Uh, we're introducing Albert Gonzalez today, otherwise known as Albizi. Uh, so can you give us the uh, the correct pronunciation of your Please. moniker? It was Albizi. There's no R. Don't okay. trust Newell because he's adding R to places <laughs> that don't need to be added to. So, <laughs> Newell, if you're paying attention, Albizi, A-L-B-E-E. Zy Jordan twenty three. Got it. All right. Awesome. Well, I'll be easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're jumping right in with. Uh, we can see how that rivalry began right here. But uh, I would love to hear your side of the story after we heard Seth Newell's rousing rendition. But uh, what is it? How did this rivalry start on your end? So I mean, in any league, you know, I'm usually pretty confident. I always like to have a good time. No harm, no foul. And I always tell people the champ is here. Basic, Basically, my philosophy is if you draft strong, you never have to worry about your teams. I can tell you I had five teams last year. Out of five teams, four of them won 10 games and I made the playoffs with a team that was five and eight. So, as usual, I just had to make, my, make myself be known. I said the champ is here. And then as we got into the season, Seth makes a joke about our boy Antonio Brown because I took him I took him with the third round pick and then he starts making a little little commentary calling AB a rapist still on my team and, and I guess I'm like you know what this guy I don't know what it is about this guy but he's making commentary and I'm like I I want to beat this guy he keeps chipping at my team and I and I have to beat him so after that I'm like you know what there's nobody else that I know that I want to make my rival this guy he's my rival so it started off with pretty crazy Antonio Brown, and I feel like it's just picked up ever since. So every time he says something, I'll say something, he'll say something, and we just keep it going. Now he's having a fire sale on it on his team. <laughs> That's good to say. <laughs> Is he going to have anybody that he can roster next week? At I, this point? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'll send him a 2029 fifth-round pick for maybe one of his guys that, that's on the block and see what he says, but... His team, we were just looking at his team earlier. I mean, he's got a good – he's got a, a, a team that's ready to compete now. His bench is a little is a little thin, but, I mean, that's just how, how everything goes as we're kind of navigating this whole dynasty thing. Yeah, no, for sure. I, uh, I'm i thinking about offering him uh, Christian McCaffrey for Mike Kosicki straight up. I, I don't know. I think – Obstacle, too, and may have probably take it. All right. All right. It's, it's quite possible. Uh, but no, this is great. Um, so who do you think started the rivalry? Was it you or was it him? Um, I guess it's probably me since I said the champ is here. And from what he said last week, he's like, this is my guy. So I guess I unofficially started the rivalry and then he kicked it in with the whole with the whole AB thing a year ago. And then as time went on, I mean, we just started we just started making jabs and then it probably picked up a little bit more when he tried to trade the farm for a golden egg. And I, and I was actually, I think I might've been vocal and I was like, you know what, what's he trying to do to swindle right off of the first year? You know, why is he trying to pull a fast one? And I'm like, you know, I'm all about equality when it, but if you're trying to collude and get, you know, get a dollar for giving up a quarter, you know, there's something a little bit wrong. So I don't know. It must've just picked up from there, but every time he says something, I just got to, I just have to chime in, and now we are rivals, and I'm 0-2, unfortunately. But, hey, 
It's better than being 0-15, because if I'm 0-15, I'm still talking smack. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't see this stopping anytime soon. Oh, no. Not at all. Not at all. And he can, he can say what he wants. He can have his fire sale if he wants. I don't buy it for a second. I mean, his team is, is really good. Like, if you look at his roster, you're like, okay, he gave up four picks, but he ended up getting Eckler, and Eckler now is a is a stud. So I really, I mean... Even with all the hating aside, like, he has a pretty good team. I mean, his bench is a little thin, but then again, you know, things happen and you you make picks on what you think is going to happen. And it's, it's just a unique it's just a, a unique way of going all in versus kind of preparing for the future. So it's, a, right. so it's been a good mix, but he's still chirping. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I think he actually – I think he had Eckler, and I think he got Melvin Gordon. Oh, he got – oh, <laughs> goodness. All right, so he got Gordon. So, I mean – But same thing. It was – at that time, they were both on the same team. Yes. Uh, yeah. That yeah. was during Melvin's holdout slash the fear of, oh, no, he's coming back. What's Austin Eckler going to be? And uh, just so happened that Austin Eckler was still awesome Eckler without him. So, uh, oh, he's in Denver, and that's an iffy – I mean, he's getting – He'll still do work. He got him 18 points this this past this past loss that he takes. Yes, yes. He had to be pretty excited because I know last year it was Eckler and Gordon starting both running backs in the same backfield. So I think there's more opportunity now that they're separate. Um, we're seeing Seymour do the same thing with the Browns, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb starting them every week together so i mean it's working it's working <laughs> yeah you gotta feel pretty good well after watching justin herbert yesterday yeah he he's got very good zip on the ball so there's gonna be a lot of receiving opportunities for him too for sure now who has uh justin herbert in our league oh yeah that would be me that would be, oh. me. be you that's right oh excuse me i forgot i forgot i, I was, I was drafting in the back so therefore i didn't have anybody good so jerry judy was the only one that i'm like Whoa. i mean for a back pick everybody else went i'll take them yeah and no, i think that one will definitely play uh play out well going forward definitely now that uh Cortland Sutton. Sutton might be done for the season um that will that will help you um but uh yeah this I week mean, I- I got my quarterback in the rookie draft. I'm, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Jacob Eason. And I mean, if, if Phillips only plays one year, who's the backup? It's uh, Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. which they don't have a lot of faith in it anymore. So, I mean, see how much he picks up in this year. And if he gets thrust into the starting role, I have my replacement for Drew Brees. Sure. Um, well, I mean, you're already starting to talk about it. So let's, uh, let's dive into your team a little bit. How are you feeling about your... Uh your team going into the second season here? So I felt pretty good. I felt, I actually felt very good about my team going into the season only because I looked at some of the players that I had. I'm like, all right, I have Ingram. He's looking pretty good. If Adrian Peterson stays consistent, he'll still get, he'll still get touches. I mean, I have, who else do I have? I, Lord, I have, oh, Kamara and Jacobs. Those are two solid players. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good about them. And then, you know, obviously with the way everything went with these rookies kind of leapfrogging these veterans, I'm like, all right, now I can see where my team is slightly thinned out at running back with Hyde. That's why I ended up taking Dylan too as a as a as an insurance policy, just to kind of have somebody for the future. And my running backs that I took a gamble on, like a Goomba Wale, I had him as like a backup. I think I had Gaskins at a, at one point and I dropped him, but I have um 
Raquel Armstead. I don't know how he's gonna do. So it's just like a, I'm. I can still compete. I can certainly still compete because once Godwin comes back, I'll have that elite receiver again. I don't know how he's gonna fit with Brady, but I mean, overall, with the other pickups that I've made, I re, I'm I'm happy with with my team as a whole. I'll probably, you know, I may have to make a. May have to make a pick here and there, but like I was telling you, I picked up I picked up Schultz, the tight end from the Cowboys, and I picked up um, Fell. So I kind of reassured my my tight end group, which is the one my my major my major Achilles heel. So I'm kind of I feel like I've solidified everything a little bit overall. Jared Stidham was another one that I felt good on, but since Cam's since Cam's the man, that you know that defeats the purpose, which I can still hold on to him. So overall, I think my team. My team still can compete. It's just a matter of who I run up to because now the other the other league members are averaging. Some of them are projected for two hundred or one ninety a week, and you're like, ah, I gotta see how. Uh, how I don't know who uh, that is. Oh, I don't know. A couple, of them there, but we won't go into details. <laughs> and I saw. Oh yeah, I saw your I saw your uh, your breakdown of the division. Who ranked my quarterbacks nine? Uh, let's see here. So uh, that would be me. I ranked your quarterbacks nine. You ranked them nine. So when I saw it, I said, "What?" Uh, I said, "Nine." I said, "You could." I said, "You're gonna put me over eight other people." And and I was I was uh, I'm still probably gonna do it because when I get back for another for another for another session with you guys, we're gonna talk <laughs> about quarterbacks and we're gonna talk about the other eight. I'm gonna watch everything in jot notes. The other eight who you put ahead against me. And we'll discuss it a little bit more. I mean, granted, when we talked about it and you told me that, you know, obviously you have to account for the fact that Drew Brees is going to, you know, it's probably his last year, so I'm going to lose one of my main starters. That really does kind of, I yeah. understand, but I'm like, man, nine? <laughs> I would have been okay with seven, but you you killed me with nine. <laughs> See, you're happy with Mark. You just, you're upset with me. I got gotcha. you. Because so, Mark's got you at seven. I got gotcha. you. I would have taken uh, seven. I know I don't have any. There you go. But when I looked at the draft, I looked at the draft, and I'll tell you, when when it was my first turn to take a quarter, I mean, I took golf as my first quarterback, and I'm, I was just thinking at the time, I was like, man, who else am I going to take? But then I realized that it didn't click until later on where I'm like round, I'm deep in rounds, and I'm like, I forgot to kind of pick up more quarterbacks because it's a double quarterback league. Had I known, I would have gone, I actually wanted Russell Wilson, and someone drafted him two spots before me, and I was like, ah, okay. I would have probably gone golf and maybe Dak, Back to back. Yeah. Well, it's nice having Bridgewater there as well. I mean, he's looked good here in the start. Yeah. When, like, I, when I was drafting, I, I, I had the intention. I was like, well, if I can't have him, since everybody else is really gone, who are you going to, who's a good idea? So since he was his backup at the time, I'm like, okay, a Teddy Bridgewater under a Saints yeah. offense, that looks looks pretty safe. And then I caught I caught Stidham. I, I drafted I think I, I picked Stidham up off for of, off of waivers. So I mean yeah. we'll see what yeah. we have to do. Yeah, no, and I think going forward, I think your team definitely has some potential, even with if Drew Brees decides that he's done breaking every single record imaginable. Um but uh I mean going forward, you know, who who knows? I don't know that Cam's gonna be in uh New England for more than this season. I think this is his chance to prove to everyone that they were wrong and that he should make a lot more money than the you know measly million dollars that he's making. Um, 
But uh, yeah, we'll see. So you have the potential for that, as well as Jacob Eason. There's some, definitely some potential. I think it's just there was no surefire um, yeah. second quarterback on your team. Because even at the time, we didn't know what Teddy Bridgewater was going to do. Yeah, um, I was pretty sure that Christian McCaffrey was just going to do everything. So now that <laughs> now for the next couple of weeks, I don't know what they're going to do. But we know what Noel's going to do. Fire sale. <laughs> I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. And 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 Mark, Seth, if you're really serious about this, when you see this, when this is published, send me a trade if you're that serious. We can talk. Rivals aside, we can make this. We can make this a, a Boston, Boston, a Red Sox Yankees rivalry. I'm still willing if you if if it's a trade that'll work. I'm willing to do it. So come talk to me. <laughs> All right, breaking news right here. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be in the, I'm going to be in the process of, uh, of making trades. So I'm going to probably send something and start throwing in draft picks and kind of see where they, where they go. Cool. Um, all right, let's see here. What other questions do I got for you today? Um, okay, let's go back a little bit. Um, growing up, who is your favorite team? So my favorite team, so I didn't really get into football until maybe I was like 13, 12, 13. So I, I can tell you the first Super Bowl that I remember was when Favre won the Super Bowl. That was the first time I remember it. I didn't grow up a New England fan. Um, I think somewhere along the line that my first team was, was the Niners. I was, I don't know, maybe if it was because T.O. was really popular or, um, I think that's probably what drew me Jerry Rice like later years, but more probably more T.O. because he was just like a flashy quarterback, <laughs> a flashy wideout. Excuse me. He's going to get me for, for saying that typo, but I mean. It was, we can um, edit it out. He'll never know. No, no, you throw it in there. It's fine. <laughs> but not, yeah, edit that part out. But no, T.O. was my, he was probably one of my favorite wide receivers just growing up. And then um, for a little time, you know, you really don't understand what just having a simple team is. So I, so I, uh, I took to McNabb like in the early 2000s. Like I loved, I loved the, the 2000 Eagles. And I mean, I'm not even an Eagles fan, but I really enjoyed McNabb. And, and when I talk to Eagle fans, it's funny because I'm like, yeah, I remember Freddie Mitchell, Todd Pinkston, Brian Westbrook. And they're like, oh, wow, you really know that stuff. I'm like, yeah, because McNabb, I was just enamored with McNabb as a quarterback. I even have a big, the big Eagles jersey. My stepdad got it for me, but it was just for a long time. My, my buddy reminded me, and he's like, no, you're a Niners fan. You're definitely a Niners fan. Cause I remember when they drafted Alex Smith. Oh yeah. Yeah. I First was, overall. I was, I, yeah. I was pretty pissed off about that. I was really <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, and this was, this was going, this was my senior year in high school. And I just remember, I'm like, there's so many other players. And I think that was the same year that Jones drew got drafted. But I remember that I think Jones Drew came out and I was like, man, we need like a solid running back at that point. And but I mean, we, we've we've had good players. I mean, we ended up getting Frank Gore, Vernon Davis. I think we drafted in 06. That sounds about right. We had Patrick Willis for a while. And, and you know, before all the injuries made him retire early. So, I mean, but they've they've been proven. I mean, we hit a home run with Bosa. We have I mean, at one point, I could tell you at one point. We had the whole Ravens wide receiving core from from the championship. <laughs> so it's like it's a little bit of everything. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with the franchise where where it's going. I'm not not the biggest yeah. fan. Of I'm personally not, not the biggest fan. I I think he's a he's a little bit of a choker, but 
that's what we have. If you look on his ankle right now, but yeah, it's a, it's a high ankle sprain. Yeah, and it's just really funny because the backup, our backup, it's not. I I'm not a big fan of him, but then they were talking about it today where there was there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that were contacting San Francisco about trying to acquire him, and they were willing to offer some hmm. fair some fair compensation for him. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like we have to talk about Colin Kaepernick if you're a 49ers fan. How, Absolutely. How did that go down in, uh, from your perspective? So, it's it's a slippery it's a slippery slope to navigate. But when I when you you look at the the whole fight for social injustice, that's totally understandable. Um, and trust me, I'm pretty sure you know it's it's everything that we're going forward with. So. Like now, it's almost like a two-part question because I and I tell people I say football aside, he he opted out of his contract because he had that one year remaining, so he opted out to be a free agent. And after that, nobody signed him. At first, it wasn't I. It from as a fan, it wasn't because of the whole social injustice thing, which later on it definitely. 95%, 100% looks like he got blackballed after that. But the last year or two, his, he just wasn't developing as a, as a quarterback. And that's the main thing where I think, when was it? Was it 2011 or 2012 that RG3, Andrew Luck, they all kind of came in as that, that they advertised the whole dual passer thing. And it became like, you know, the wildcat was a, was really popular. He, he was a product of all of that. And we knew that he knew how to run, and he has a cannon for an arm, but the accuracy was just dip, dip, dip. And after a while, you're like, okay, you're not really you're using that, you're using your legs. You're not you're not adapting to making accurate deep throws, accurate mid throws. You're you know, it's a West Coast offense, so it's always short short throws anyway. But you're just not developing as a quarterback. Like, even in just the, the progression, and then this is why RG3 didn't really last. And now he's, he's the backup, and, and that's why nobody ended up re-signing him. That's the way that I look at it with Kaepernick, where his numbers were just, they were just steadily on the decline. I, I know I'm throwing you curveballs here since I gave you, you know, preset questions, and now no, I'm going off script. But uh, what's, so what's the difference between that and Lamar Jackson? Are you predicting his demise as well? No, because Lamar Jackson, again, back at, back in that time, it's almost like the best reference to answer that. It's almost kind of like think about how the NBA has become more of a positionless, this positionless players. The game is suited for the three pointer. After 2011, more quarterbacks who are dual threat became the standard, and they became successful at it. Franchises built plays to be able to compensate players like Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, God, who are other, you know, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams. We know that from this week. That's right. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's working over there. Dak <laughs> Prescott. But ultimately, and Russell Wilson, like, they adapted these things. And because these. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not. And, but if you think about it, like who was really the one quarterback who was who was mobile, but he, he wasn't like Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, if he needed to 
get out of the way and throw a 45 yarder on on his back foot. He'll do it all day, but it wasn't really he he isn't really considered like a dual threat quarterback. He'll use his legs when he has to, but when you really think about like RG3 and those guys, so it's almost like the evolution of the game. You also have to take that for account because every quarterback can do that now. Yeah. But it's also like if you think about defenses, although you know, although they they've made it harder for defensive players for depending on where you hit, you think about the athleticism of where these athletes are. You have linemen running under five under five seconds on a forty. So it's like you have to adapt because these all these guys are getting more athletic. And that's what I mean. It's almost like it's it's literally like the NBA and the NFL both transitioned around the same time because if you really think about it, like Steph Curry came around, he, he he made the three-point shot a lot more popular. But then if you think about the players like Chris Bosh, Chris Bosh is a positionless player who started doing spot-up threes. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, man, you have to account for, for a power forward to spread the floor. So now it's like, yeah, it's more it's more of a positionless game, but you notice big men now. They always say that it's not a big man's game, but in a sense, sometimes a big man always dictates if a team can win a championship or not because he's still the anchor. So hopefully that answers your question. I mean, Lamar Jackson, they've, they've done it right, and he's shown that he can pass. Yeah. Like, like a perfect example, we knew Cam Newton could pass. It was a perfect uh, – on yesterday's game. So Cam Newton, I love the fact that although they lost, a lot of New England fans were able to see Cam Newton throw the ball, find progressions – he's developing and he's still developing. And I love that they mentioned that in the game. There was a couple of things, you know, like if you see, if you see that the defense, they're loading eight in the box and you know, they're going to blitz, don't try to pass the ball. And I mean, those are the little things that he can still learn. Right. So I, though I will say, I, I noticed him actually like going through his progressions when he was in Carolina, you know, he'd go, you know, first possession, nothing run or, you know, um, or just force it in somewhere really tight Yesterday, there was a couple of plays where he's like, he's looking at his first progression, nothing. Looking at his second read, nothing. Dump it off to Rex Burkhead um, yes. for a little 15-yard run. Like, that is definitely a new and improved Cam. That's not that's not the old version of Cam that I remember. Exactly. And, you know, I, I feel like if the Patriots are really satisfied, they're going to offer him some money. Because in a sense, with Brady off the books and some of the other guys, you know, some of the other guys who were making that nine to fifteen million dollar range, whether we're talking about Ninkovich and those other guys who went to other teams, you can offer Cam if Cam enjoys this and he's like, you know what, I'm this is built a little bit towards my suit. Offer him something in the realm of twenty plus million a year. You know, I mean, not, clearly not not a thirty. I don't think teams are going to offer him a thirty. $35 million a year deal. And we know how the Patriots usually, they'll give them, it'll, the contracts look like $20 million a year, but they do large signing bonuses, push out a lot of the money to the back end of the, of, of contracts. I mean, hopefully that becomes his, his permanent place to stay. And I feel like we could even see like Bill Belichick, you know, gaming it in terms of giving them this lower offer, giving an opportunity and then, trading them away or something like that and them still running back with Stidham. Like, I, I don't know. So many things that could happen there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, coming into Cam, before they signed Cam, they were really, they were saying that Stidham had a lot of zip on the ball. He looked really good. But then again, I mean, when you get a chance to sign Cam Newton, 
I would sign him and bye-bye Stidham. I would do that a hundred times out of 50 because Cam is just that talented. And if he, you know, obviously with his foot and his shoulder, but, you know, we're seeing, and this looks good. The Seahawks defense, they're, I mean, they're not the defense from five years ago, but hey, they're still a pretty formidable, a pretty formidable group. Even when half the team gets ejected or hurt. So, yeah. That was, that was crazy yesterday. Um, well, I don't know exactly how much more time we have. Um, and since we are still cheap this week, as as of last week, um, I want to make sure we get to the last question here, because this is the one I'm definitely interested in hearing your perspective on. Um, so, Albert, I know you are commissioner of other leagues. I'm in one of them with you. Um, so what are some of the things that you like about this league? And... Uh, that you might try to bring back to some of your own leagues or um, what are some things that you would change if you were the commissioner of this league? Okay. So one of the things that I really, that I really love about this league is there's two things. There's the platform itself, which we were talking about earlier. So the platform, the sleeper platform to me is such a, such a user friendly platform. It's very informative. Even if you click on a player, you to go from a player so maybe six months worth of information. And even if you click on the team, like you can see the depth chart, you get a lot of information and it's very easy to understand. Um, I love the fact that we don't have a kicker defense, which it, it, it just, it just makes it a lot easier. And you can focus on offensive. I'm just, and you, you learn, this is the type of system that you're like, man, you can learn a lot, and especially like preparing for the future and a little bit of everything else. Those are some of the things that I love. I love that. The way that this league, the, the the comments, the comments thread, it's something there. That's something that ESPN for years people have been asking for. And I mean, the only way you can communicate on ESPN is just sending a message and hope people respond. But this, you can make a direct, a direct message. Um, I wouldn't, there isn't anything from this league that I would bring into the other leagues because they're not able to they're not able to incorporate them. That's probably like the best answer because I love I love the fact that we're able you're able to send messages, you're able to create everything. Everything there's so much communication aspects that I would bring. That's the main thing. I would bring the communication aspects and even just the way that they have like leak history and just the way that you can save things. I would I would certainly bring that because it's just such a this platform is just so much more, it's such, it's so stronger. And, um, you know, it, there's, there's so much ability that you have for scoring. And we talk about that. I mean, there's really like, it's, it's, it's always difficult to, to kind of figure out what to bring from here because there's so many things that you can bring. And you know, that I'm pretty sure we all play on ESPN. We've all played on Yahoo. I haven't played on the I haven't played on the CBS the CBS app or the NFL's version of fantasy football, which I've heard it's it's terrible. But Mark, I think we tried NFL.com once, and it was pretty bad, um, if I remember correctly. Um, I know we've done definitely done like some of their like playoff challenges and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I definitely feel like. Um, Sleeper is definitely a step above the rest. I think you're right. I think the message board is is one of the coolest features. Um, but from a commissioner side, there's a lot of um, versatility in the score settings. Um, you also can do um, in draft 
trading, which is pretty cool. You can uh, trade draft picks live in your draft. Um, you can uh, I'm trying to think. There's lots of other little little nuances that can oh, really customization makes it yeah customizations makes it really fun. Actually, you know what? You can probably check for me too. Check to see what other what are other what are other things that you can make as a commissioner that you can't do in season, like can you add positions. Oh yeah, yeah, we can. And those are the things that I would bring back from from our league to be able to incorporate into like my league. Just to, I tried to just open just to put an IR position. I can't do it, and I'm like, okay, I can increase the number of players if I need to, but to open up an IR spot, like that would have been convenient. So it's, and you, you would think that ESPN each year would get this stuff. And I mean, they added, I think they added the, the Watson trade, the trade machine, which is okay, but it's nothing, yeah. it's nothing grand, but this, I don't know, this, this whole, this whole setup is just, it's just grand. For sure. I mean, ESPN's just a juggernaut. So, you know, that they, they have a system, they don't want to have to change it too much or anything like that. They have, their set set system in place. Um, whereas I feel like sleeper is a little bit more independent. Um, they have definitely, I, I see updates and adaptations all the time. Um, so it's definitely a, in my opinion, a better, better platform for sure. Um, but. So if, if we can reference this to video game systems, just in terms of customer service, you'll say that sleeper. So, you say ESPN is like Sony, is like PlayStation, and Sleeper is like Xbox. Exactly. I'm definitely on the Xbox side. I wasn't <laughs> sure where you're going with this one. Well, because it's true, because it's like PlayStation has their set, they have their set format, they don't really change much, and their customers, their um, their support or their customers, their, their what they provide for players is not that good. And something like Xbox, Xbox, I mean, I'm, I don't have an Xbox now. I'm not going to get one for the next gen, but they, one thing that they do really well is that they, they take care of their, their people. And I can tell you, like, I'm pretty sure like each of us have some sort of like really good story with, you just contact customer service and what they do for you. You're, you're like, okay, all I asked for was just help resetting my password, something like that. So it's like PlayStation, I can tell you, you know, I contacted them for a pre-order and I just, and I, they gave me, I, it took me an hour just to cancel one pre-order, a digital pre-order and put it towards another game. So it was, it's just like that, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I and mean, even just the way that they communicate with people. Really. And then at the end of the day, they just sent you an Xbox. It was weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, and, and it's like one of those things where, if if ESPN just gave just gave us like a like a thread to make commentary better, that would make the app next level, you know. But I feel like I mean, yeah, they have a juggernaut. But in terms of simplicity and able to use it, I would actually go ESPN third, Yahoo second, and then Sleeper first. I think with Sleeper, it seems like it's a lot more raw in terms of like a little more customization, a little more movability. I think visually it's a little raw as well. Can be kind of like gives you a lot of information that can kind of be tough to like navigate at times. But I think overall like customization 
And yeah, the point you're making, Albert, I, I really like it overall. Oh, and, and you're right. I think that's actually a perfect example. I think it is raw because when you look at all the numbers, you're, you know, I think we're probably, we're analytical, so we crunch those numbers. But to the average person, they're going to be like, what is this? What is that? So I, I, I see what you mean. I didn't think about it from that perspective, but that's actually, that's actually really smart. It, it is raw. Like, this is very raw. But I think it's like it's perfect for the people who are, who are veterans. So this is probably something that's meant more for people who are a little bit more seasoned and read more data, things like that. Yeah, no, I would I would agree with that. Um, Mark, for the last couple minutes, do you have any questions you want to throw Albert's way here? Not well, not not really particular questions, but you know, at the end of the day, it sounds like Eagles may be your second favorite team, or like you know, up there. That's Noel's favorite team. I don't know if that's any area of, of common ground there, um, but I'm loving the rivalries here. I'm just no, kidding. Not at all. And if I'm going to root <laughs> in the NFC East, I'm rooting for – let me draw it for you. I don't know. I think he's going to draw one of those horrible um, figures that go into the sky. Looks like uh, – yeah, yeah, that's what it is. He's cheering for Patrick from yes. SpongeBob. Um, I would rather root. <laughs> I would rather root for the Dallas Cowboys than the Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. Well. Now that I know that that's Newell's team too. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know who. Who do you hate more now, Mark? Is it the Eagles? Is it the Cowboys? Or is it the Giants? Who's the, Who's the one that you despise the most? I feel like the Giants and the Reds can just trade players back and forth. Like they're my second favorite team. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then <laughs> it was always uh, the Cowboys growing up, but ever since moving to Philly, like it just not even us. It's more just like being around that so much. You just grow to like, that's who you're always engaging in conversations with. So they've become the least favorite just because that's who I'm interacting with the most. Well, and they smell the most. So, it's hard to say <laughs> I, will, I will tell you I mean just living here in New England Mark I will tell you my least favorite out of any of them are, giant, are, are the New York Giants I can't they, they kill me because you know what it is you can have a fantastic conversation with an authentic Giants fan and then it's almost like with New England you can have a, but you can have a conversation with a Giants fan and immediately the ones who don't follow as much, they're like, well, you know, we did beat, you know, if they find out you're from New England, they were like, well, we got two supporters over here. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And yes, they are two Super Bowls. But then you have New England fans who are like, man, I can't, you know, well, we got six Super Bowls. What? And you're like, uh, you just became a fan, so I don't want to hear you. Right. Yep. So, yeah. But, but you encounter more Giants fans that always go to those two Super Bowls. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, talk to me about your team now. Tell me about Daniel Jones. Tell me about Sterling Shepard. You know, tell me about your guys. Like, let's talk actual football, not talk about Super Bowls where their defense won and they made a couple lucky throws, you know? No, I hear you. I I am afraid we're going to run out of time. So I want my one last question for you is what you, you get the rest of the time. What do you want to say to Newell? This is you're ending it out here. No, I've talked a lot of smack. I'm going to continue talking smack. You are an Eagles fan. You are my rival. 
I'm glad that you're my rival. I wouldn't choose anybody else to be my rival. This is just me extending a, an olive branch. But again, although I can hate and you can hate, you still have a really good team. You've beaten me twice, which there's not, I'm not going to say that there's luck, but eventually when you have the losing record and we talk about this a year from now, just remember, the champ is still here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. I think nope, that's it. Nothing else. No swears, nothing else. Seth, <laughs> Seth, Newell, whatever other name you have, watch this, enjoy this, and we're going to continue talking. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Albert, thanks for joining us. This was a fun one. Appreciate you oh, coming you. on. Yeah, no, it, was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. All right. And uh, I, I hope both of you guys can figure out how to win soon because uh, it sure is fun on top. So, second high score, 0 2. I'm hating it every moment of it. <laughs> Let's see how my team does Monday night today. We need help. That's true. That's true. One more game. All right, guys. Until next time. Yeah.